Lovers, this episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. We all know that there is more to confidence in the bedroom or the kitchen or the sex club or a stairwell or the woods or wherever you are. There's so much more to sex wherever you do it than just jackhammering away. But if all you're missing in your relationship is some mutually beneficial stiffness, check out BlueChew.com. BlueChew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis, and Levitra, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever an opportunity arises. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you are approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part? It's all done online, so no visits to the doctor's office with the doctors that never got trained in sex ed and how to talk to people about it, plus no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet pack. They say that there is nothing sexier than confidence, and Blue Chew can help give you confidence where it counts. Of course, I know you sweet listeners know that using confidence to connect, if you can be confident enough to be really vulnerable with someone, to communicate, to create a safe space that you occupy together, that is super hot. That's the foundation of a connection. And if you have a boner, that can definitely help you do certain things that you know that I love, just as long as you don't skip all the other stuff too. Blue Chew and I want you to have better sex. Discover your options at bluechew.com. And as they say, chew it and do it. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code LOVER. At checkout, you just pay $5 shipping. That is bluechew.com promo code LOVER to receive your first month free. Visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. And thank you to Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast. $5,000. That's the average amount of money people in the U.S. are now spending on gas in a year. Five grand. That's crazy. If you drive, you have to download Upside, the free app that gives you cash back every time you get gas. That's right. You can earn real cash back with Upside just by buying the gas you're already buying. You can literally start earning cash back today. I use Upside every time I fill up, and I've already made around two, $300. You're putting gas in your car anyway. Why not get real cash back? If you like free money, download Upside. I'm saving the cash I earn from using Upside to help pay for a vacation later this year. Download the free Upside app now to earn cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code SAVE to get an extra 25 cents per gallon on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code SAVE for a 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code SAVE for a 25 cents per gallon bonus. Hello, lovely humans. I'm Wyo Lee, and you are listening to Sex Stories, a podcast of sexy magic in the form of storytelling where lovers from all over the world inspire me and hopefully you with their personal pleasure shares. Our guest today is a 63-year-old Anglo-Celtic Australian non-binary person and pagan witch. They are pansexual, married, and polyamorous, a bottomy switch who is very into cuddles, sensual play, impact, CBT, receptive anal, cunnilingus, and rimming. They're a disability worker, woodcarver, and writer from Melbourne, Australia. Welcome, Hawthorne. Hey, why? Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to have you here. Okay, so if you had to rate yourself on a sexual shame-o-meter, with one being shameless and ten being super full of shame, where do you fall today? One, maybe half. Awesome. <laughs> and then can you just give us a little snippet overview of what your sex life is like right now and what is your favorite part? It's pretty amazing right now. Yeah, I'm rediscovering things that I used to do and, you know, sort of fell off the radar a bit and 
I'm re-exploring them and exploring favourites as well. I really like kinky sex, and for a long time, that was pretty much all I was doing. If there was, you know, traditional PIV sex, it was part of the kink sex. Mm-hmm. But I've been seeing a newish lover for about two years now, and they're more vanilla than I am. So I've actually been exploring more vanilla sex than I have for a while. Cool. And it's really cool. She was very vanilla when I met, and I've introduced her to a lot of kinky stuff. When we first met, we did that yes, no, maybe list for kink stuff, and she was like, don't know for almost everything on it with a few maybes, and now she's like got way more fuck yeses on there. Wonderful. And being poly, I've been poly for a long time, but I've actually been practicing it for about four years now. Mm. And since we opened up our relationship, my sex life with my wife's got a lot better too. Congrats. It's been really cool. Can you tell us, how do you define sexy or what does it mean to you, your personal definition? I think sexy for me is an attitude. Like people that embrace their sexuality and are excited by it and excited by other people's sexual expression and free expression. So, yeah, I just love people that are open about their sexuality, particularly if it's a little bit out of the norm and they're, you know, they're out and proud about that. I find that really sexy. Yeah. I find dominant women particularly sexy. Mm. Can you tell us what happens to your shame-o-meter when it is time to talk to a new partner or any partner about safer sex? And how would your ideal version of this conversation go? I'm pretty cool about talking about it. I don't have any shame around it particularly. So it's something that's discussed before we do anything physical. With a new partner, I'll always use barriers. I don't worry about gloves too much if I haven't got any cuts on my hands, but condoms, if we use them, you know, if we're doing anything to do with the dick and um, and dental dams, stuff like that, until we become fluid bonded, mm-hmm. if that happens to happen. If it doesn't happen, we'll stay with barriers. Do you have any advice for our listeners based on your personal experience of what you found to be effective for just starting that conversation for people that maybe aren't super comfy? Like rehearse saying it, get used to actually making the words come out of your mouth. I think that's a good place to start. I haven't even tried that, and I, I'm going to do that. <laughs> I practice here, but it's a different context, and I haven't practiced saying some of the things that are still hard for me, so you just helped me have like a duh light bulb moment. <laughs> I was going to say it really helps to hang out with people that are sex positive and educated or willing to be educated. Okay, so now take us back to your early years. When do you first remember hearing about sex? And what do you remember thinking and feeling about it? So, yeah, the first thing I remember is looking at my dad's men's magazines, finding them somewhere. They were pretty mild by today's standard. There was no full frontal nudity. I can't remember the articles, or even if there were articles. There were raunchy cartoons in there. There was one in there that I think might have had an influence on my later sexuality. It was a weird one. It was line drawings of these demons in hell torturing people in sort of quasi-sexual ways. Oh. Yeah, and I think that might have had a bigger influence on my sexuality than I realised up till then because 
I'm very into that sort of aesthetic, the witchy aesthetic and, you know, sadomasochism. Awesome. Aside from that comic, how would you say the culture that you grew up in, was there religion? What were your family values kind of like? Did that influence your sexual self growing up? I was brought up atheist agnostic. There wasn't much discussion around sex when I was younger. When I was, I think my dad might have made allusions to it and my mum would get a bit embarrassed about that, but nothing major. Didn't really think about it much until, you know, after I'd gone through puberty. Mm. I was at school, I, I can't remember how old I was, 13, maybe 14. I'd, done, I'd played up at school, done something. I think I'd wagged school to go to a anti-Vietnam march and the teachers saw me on TV, on the newscast, so I got sprung. And I had to go in and talk to the uh, vice principal. And somehow or another, the discussion ended up being about sex. And he asked if I masturbated. Oh. Yeah, I was a bit offended by that. Because at the time, amongst my peer group, it was generally regarded that if you masturbated, you were queer. Really? Yeah, weird. And being queer was the absolute worst thing that could happen to a guy in that you know, social situation. That stuff all lasted till one of the guys, you know, one of the popular guys in our group said that he masturbated and that it was great <laughs> because he was respected. No one had a go at him about it and it broke the taboo on it. Okay. So that all happened around the same time. Anyway, it hadn't happened when I spoke to the teacher, but he suggested I get a book from the school library on human sexuality. Can't remember what it was called, but I got it and took it home. He said that you know, take it home and show me parents, make sure they were okay with it. Okay. So I did that and they were fine with it. And I read that. I can't remember much about it. I presume it was reasonably scientifically accurate. I tried wanking, but I didn't know how to do it. Yeah. Nothing much happened. I think I might have had a couple of wet dreams around that time and I ejaculated in my sleep and that was embarrassing. Like, what do I do with these sheets? Yeah. And I tried to repeat the sensation. But I didn't know how it happened. I didn't understand the mechanics, so it didn't really work. Sometime around then, I can't remember if it was before I started wanking, my parents took me to a talk show by a visiting American psychologist, Dr. Murray Banks. He was basically a sex educator, and he talked about sex in a funny, humorous way. And his whole thing was all about sex positivity and all about the pleasure of sex and why it was good for you. Amazing. How old were you at the time? 14 or so, 15 maybe. Yeah, so that was a great introduction. I mean, he had some funny ideas too. Like His thing was masturbation's better than not having sex or having unsafe sex when you're too young, but real sex is better. So anyway, it was a pretty healthy introduction. Sometime after that, I started masturbating. I found a vibrator that my parents had. It looked like a handheld egg beater, but... Mm -hmm. Yeah, there was a vibrating tip on the end. And I, I was running that over my body. They were out. I was at home one day. I was running that over my body. It felt good. And I put it on my dick and started coming. And that was a surprise. It had like a cup attachment about an inch and a half across. Uh -huh. And I just put that on the head of the dick. Oh, on the head. Cool. Wow. I used that for a long time. Then it broke. And it's like, fuck, what do I do now? So I found that, you know, just pumping me dick with my hand didn't work really well. And I thought, oh, you know, maybe if I simulate sex with a vagina, that'll help. Mm. 
So I used to get Vaseline. That was the only lube I had at the time. I used to put that on my hands and I'd sort of rest my chest on the bed, kneel on the floor, put my hands together like holding a baseball bat and fuck both fists. That turned out to be quite effective. Have you done that recently? Or is that just like a starting off masturbation? That was a starting off. Somehow or other, I, I learned to do it just by, you know, stroking my dick up and down. And, and I, yeah, I did that for long because having Vaseline all over my hands was a bit of a pain in the ass afterwards. Yeah, totally. Okay, so you had this book. You got a great, I guess, sex seminar talk. Did you have any other personal sex talks from your parents or at school? There was no sex education at school at all. Okay. I remember when I was in primary school, one of the favorite insults amongst the boys for each other was to call each other poofters, okay. which is a derogatory term for homosexual male. Oh, okay. Anyway, I was talking to my dad about someone and called this person a poofter, and, and dad said, do you know what that means? And I oh, it just means, you know, like a dickhead or something. And he said, no, it means homosexual. It means a, a guy who loves other guys. And I thought, that's a fucking stupid insult. What's wrong with that? That was all we really said. I think till you know, after I had the discussion with the vice principal, um, I did go home and ask me dad if wanking was you know, a normal thing for guys. And he said, yeah, yeah, it is. Okay. Would you say your parents were kind of open-minded? It sounds like they weren't pushing anything on you, but it sounds like they have sort of an, there was an easy vibe in the household around sex. Yeah, particularly with Dad, he was pretty easy going about it. Mum was a bit more conservative. She did tell me when I was about 15 that I shouldn't have sex till I was married. Okay. And I just laughed at that and said, no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I had sex and I didn't even know really what it was about. But How did you start learning? How did you start exploring with partners? I had a few girlfriends from about 14 or 15, you know, fumbling about under their clothes and basically trying to cajole them into doing whatever as much as they'd be willing to do. Yeah. Wasn't very good practice. I always took no for an answer if I was with a girl and, you know, they didn't want to do anything. I always take no for an answer and I wouldn't push it. Mm -hmm. But until they actually said no, I figured that was keep trying, which I don't think is good consent practice now, but I didn't know any better then. Yeah, it sounds like you didn't get any information about consent growing up. None at all. And particularly, you know, like, well, kids got no consent in anything when I was growing up. We just had to do it out. Yeah. If we were told or were in trouble, that was just the standard at the time. But, yeah, so I did recognise that no meant no. And even though I saw plenty of examples of young women who acted, and I even heard some of them say that no means just try a bit harder, but I just couldn't bring myself to do that, just didn't feel right. I'm glad about that. I'm glad I never disregarded someone's no, but I definitely cajoled people into maybe going further than they would have if it was strictly up to them. Mm. I started going out with a girl when I was about, we were both about 16. She was Catholic and very conservative. So that went really slow, starting with kissing and holding hands. And, you know, eventually after, it seems like ages, you know, she would let me put my hands on her breasts and she wouldn't let me touch her below the waist. And then when I was about 16, some friends had a party that I went to. There were a couple of girls from out of town. And one of the guys who was, who was hosting the party came up to me and said, oh, this chick's India. So we went off into a bedroom and started kissing and fondling and, I went down on her and 
I didn't really know what I was doing. I don't think she knew. What I was. Very bold. Had you heard about it from friends or was it from the magazines that you had knowledge? Yeah, I'd been reading, I actually been reading men's magazines. They didn't worry too much about age restrictions at that time. So I would just go into a news agents and buy men's magazines. And I somehow or other got it in my head that given Cundalingus was how you expressed yourself as a good lover. I love that. And actually, my first sexual experience with another person was going down on someone. Okay. That was another party before this one. Got with this girl and we went off into the bedroom and started kissing and, you know, undressing and I went down on it. And again, I didn't really know what I was doing. I didn't know yeah, how it was supposed to go or what was supposed to happen. And again, I think she knew even less about it than I did. But she wasn't freaked out by it, but I don't think particularly did anything for her, judging by her reactions. And that was as far as we went that time. And then a little while later, I was at this other party and, yeah, I went down on this girl and then I you know, had a had a heart on. I got up between her legs and I wasn't even sure where her vagina was. Yeah. You know, on a real person, like I'd seen diagrams, but on a real person in the dark, it was a bit different. So I asked her to guide me in. Great. And she did. You know, we started fucking and then all these other people started coming in the room and some guy sat on the edge of the bed and asked if he could go next. And I'm like, no, go away. And then we finished up and left the party and went to my place. Okay. I don't know if she came. I didn't that first time, but I enjoyed it. So I was still going out with this other girl who refused to have sex. And Uh my attitude was, well, if you don't want to have sex, I do. So if it's not with you, it's going to be with someone. Anyway, she found out about someone told her that I'd done it and she was pretty upset naturally. So we had that discussion and yeah, we stayed together and shortly after that we started having sex together. Again, you know, I don't know how much she enjoyed it. I mean, I did, but I I was still pretty ignorant, didn't have much of an idea. And we never really developed much in terms of what we did. It was always pretty standard. I still would go down on her. I don't recall her ever going down on me. I'd go down on her and then we'd have sex. Sometimes I'd come, sometimes I wouldn't. I said, I don't know if she ever did. I don't think she ever relaxed enough. Yeah. My early experiences were so full of anxiety and confusion and just like shock that someone's head was down there that I was like, okay, nervous system. Maybe perhaps this is a good time to share with us some of the details that you've learned about going down on vulvas. And do you have any experiences, moves that you love, things you love about it? I love everything about it. It's definitely one of my favorite sex acts. Yeah, my biggest tip would be take note of the reactions that you get or that I get. Mm -hmm. That's what I do. I take notice of the reactions that my partner gives and follow those. I like to start slow, like with kissing and cuddling and that. and Then I'll start to kiss and lick my way down her body, start at the neck, you know, maybe a few nips. And whatever, whatever she responds to is what I'll do more of. Work my way down from her neck, down her chest to her breasts and, you know, lick and suck them and suck on one while I massage the other one and then swap over and then very slowly work my way down her body, down the stomach and the sides and down to her legs. And I'll often just pass my mouth gently across her pubic mound as a bit of a tease and then kiss my way down her leg and then back up. I like kissing feet too, but I don't tend to do that if I'm going to go to cunnilingus. And then I'll work my way back up and, again, maybe give her outer lips 
or the vaginal cleft, just a quick leg or two to tease and then work my way down the other leg slowly and then back up and then I'll you know, get right down between her legs. A few flicks up and down the vaginal crease and then I like to suck on the outer lips just above the clitoris and you know pull them into my mouth and suck them and then put the flat of my tongue at the bottom of the vaginal opening and do a long slow lick up to the clitoris and around and then back down do that a few times suck on the inner lips you know lick around the entrance of the vagina one partner likes it when i suck the clitoris into my mouth and sort of suck on it like i'm sucking a little dick the other one's not so much into that she likes it a little bit but what really gets her off and which blew me away when i worked it out she likes me to flick it back and forth across her clitoris really fast with my tongue. Wow, cool. Like that's a move I've seen in porno films and I thought, I've never met a woman who likes that. But then I did. Cool. That's amazing. I'll do that. And with my current lover, we usually have a few orgasms like that. And then sometimes she'll have a really big orgasm after a few minor ones and when she's you know, quite loud and grabs my head and pulls it into her crutch. And then what I really like to do after she's come is just stay there with my mouth still on her vulva and just stay there and enjoy that. And if she's had enough, she'll, you know, she'll let me know. But, you know, she starts moving around like she's, you know, she's enjoying it once more, I'll start again. And also sometimes if she likes it, I'll use fingers as well or a dildo. That's a new experience. My, my my wife's not particularly into that sort of thing. Okay. She only really liked penetration when it was PIV. She was never into fingers. So that's been a new experience for me. And mm. I've got arthritis in my hands, so I find that a bit hard. Okay. It's totally worth it for the effect. Wow. When you say worth it, what is it like cramping or just pain? What happens? It's just pain. Oh. Are you into pain? Is that that's a different kind though, like right? That's a different brain category. Yeah, yeah. I'm very into pain, but that's okay. not a fun pain. <laughs> for sure, for sure. I'm the same way. If my knees are like on concrete and crunching for too long, then I'm like, I need something different. Similarly, you mentioned that you enjoy rimming. Do you have any details for that? Yeah, so we talked about that and my lover mentioned that she liked that or that she was interested in trying it. So yeah, one time when after I gone down on her a couple of times and she'd have a couple of big orgasms you know we laid there recovering and i was still super turned on by us and i started kissing her on the back and on the back of the neck and worked my way down her back to her butt and spread her butt cheeks and started licking her bum uh, she really liked that you know she was really getting into it and while i was doing that I, I slipped a couple of fingers in and started playing with that, and she she had another orgasm. So amazing! It was pretty cool. Do you also like to receive rimming? Yeah, I love receiving butt stuff. My wife just recently mentioned the possibility of exploring butt stuff. Okay. She knows I'm into it, and she's you know rimmed me and pegged me, and as has my lover. Oh. But she's talking about her maybe enjoying it, so. Yeah, that's something we've got to explore in the not-too-distant future. Amazing. Okay, I am going to want to hear more details about pegging, but first, while we're on the subject of oral, I would like to hear about cocks, giving and or receiving. It's been a long time since I sucked a dick. I had a brief relationship with a guy when I was in my early 20s. We were just friends that hung out in the same social group, and 
you know, we just got together a couple of times and had sex. It was cool. Yeah, not the greatest sex I've ever had, but I don't know how experienced he was with guys, but I was very inexperienced. He was the first guy I'd been with. Okay. We tried a few things and it was fun, but then shortly after that, I got into a relationship with my wife. Mm. And at that time, you know, we became monogamous shortly after we started seeing each other. Now, we didn't actually become monogamous till after we were married, but neither of us really had any opportunity to be anything else. So after we were married, we, we sort of settled into exclusivity. So I never really had another relationship with a guy until a couple of years ago, just before COVID. We were still negotiating around safe sex stuff with that. Yeah. And then COVID hit. So we haven't seen each other physically since then. That makes sense. That was also about the time I started seeing my current lover and he also started seeing a lover. So we had less time for each other. So that's something that's still to be explored. Okay. As for receiving oral, yeah, I really like it. Surprise, surprise. (laughs) I rarely come from oral. I find it very difficult to have an ejaculatory orgasm with oral, Uh but I can have non-ejaculatory orgasms with it. Cool. And I'll often have a lot of them, depending on how long it goes. So, yeah, that's pretty cool. Is there anything specific that makes it happen? No, no, pretty much just, you know, that it feels good. Like I like, you know, an up and down motion, like just sliding their mouth up and down. But I also really like it when the person swirls their tongue around the end of my dick and around the corona and on the frenulum, that's... I can't say much more about it. I sort of go into this totally blissed out. Like, Great. What about balls? Because you're into cock and ball torture, right? So for blowjobs, is that like separate or do you also enjoy like if someone's kind of tugging or biting or anything like that, squeezing? I do enjoy that, yeah. I don't need it, but my wife and my lover both enjoy it, so they'll tend to get into that while we're doing our all sex or, Great. or hand jobs. So I'm like... Yeah, cool. Let's do that. <laughs> but I also like really soft touch. I'm equally sensitive to soft touch as painful touch. Okay. So I can just go off into a total bliss state just from someone running the tips of their fingers across pretty much any part of my body. And again, I can have like these, they're not ejaculatory, but they're orgasmic feelings all over my body. I can also do that just with my imagination and breath. Lovers, this episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. We all know that the foundation to an awesome sex life is excellent mental and physical health, but if proper rest, exercise, and a healthy lifestyle aren't leading to the blood flow you'd like when and where you'd like it, check out BlueChew.com. BlueChew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis, and Levitra, but in chewable tablets at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever the opportunity arises. And the process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you are approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part, it's all done online, so no visits to the doctor's office, no dealing with awkward physicians who aren't trained to talk about sex lives, plus no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet pack. They always say first impressions are important, but what about lasting impressions? Lovers, I do believe that we can always make loving, lasting impressions by connecting and being present and chasing our pleasure and our partner's pleasure. And if your priority is making a deep, deep impression between two beautiful, enthusiastic thighs or cheeks in the name of partnered pleasure, I get it. I've worn a strap on now. I, too, love having a hard cock. 
Blue Chew and I want you to have better sex. Discover your options at BlueChew.com. Chew it and do it. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code LOVER at checkout. You just pay $5 for shipping. That is BlueChew.com promo code LOVER to receive your first month free. Visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. And thank you to Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast. Have you always been like that? How did that start? I learned to do that. It's kind of accidental. I used to do a lot of pagan public ritual events, mm-hmm. and I would try and get people to let go of their inhibitions and have a bit of enthusiasm about it. And people are very stiff, and it's hard to get them to let go and just go with the energy. Mm-hmm. So I tried all sorts of ways to you know, sort of break that impasse, that embarrassment impasse. And one of the things I tried was to get everyone to do pretend orgasm breathing. Great. Yeah, people would do that and some of them would get right into it and, you know, be moaning and groaning and other people would get embarrassed and laugh. But either way, it broke the ice. Mm -hmm. But I also found that doing that like that, it actually felt quite orgasmic just doing it. And then in my own practice, I would invoke different spirit beings that I had a relationship with. And some of those beings were quite sexual in nature. Okay. Now, when I started doing it, I would just visualize being with those spiritual beings and masturbate. But I found that, you know, if I would do this sort of breathing, this excited, sexual, orgasmic breathing, I would start having feelings running through my body. Mm. And I also, I did a tantric exercise. There's a book called Masturbation, Tantra and Self-Love. It's basically one exercise. You go celibate from any other people for about a month, or I did it for a full moon cycle. Okay. And you masturbate every day, but you masturbate just before the point of orgasm, then stop and focus your attention on your heart. And then, you know, when the orgasmic sensation starts to back off a bit, you start again and you just do that over and over, either until you come or until you, you know, you get tired. So I did that. I think I came every day for the first week when I was doing that. And I actually found that the orgasm started becoming less intense. So then I stopped. I went to sort of only having an ejaculatory orgasm every four or five days. Then I pushed it out to a week. Mm. And I found that that made the orgasms more intense. So I was doing that and I could actually feel the sexual energy moving from my genitals up into my heart. Cool. That with the spirit meditations and the orgasmic breathing, I started having these full body orgasmic rushes while I was doing it. And it was pretty cool. At what point in your life did you start doing that? Was that when you were in your 20s? Yeah, probably late 20s. Okay. Did I track your timeline correctly? You were with your wife at this point? She's English and she would go back to England every few years to see her family. Okay. She was in England the first time I did that. Yeah, we never really pursued that much together. There's a bit of a disconnect. We tried doing it one time and I thought we were totally in tune and vibing. And she got the shits and said, why are you zoning out on me? Okay. And it's like, I felt really connected. I don't know where you were. I thought you were with me. I've been on both sides of those situations. And it's one of the most, for me, painful human things, especially when it's related to sex. That's my just sensitivity point. Yeah, so we never really pursued it together. Then about 20 years ago, maybe more, maybe 24, I met a witchy woman. Mm -hmm. We were in a coven together and then we went to a a pagan festival and 
loved it and decided to create our own one in our state. And we started doing magic together and we really vibe ritually. Uh-huh. You know, we would just get together and have these amazing ritual, energetic, erotic experiences without any actual physical sex. Yeah. You know, sometimes we would run our hands over our faces and arms and bodies, but never genitally or, you know, breasts and nipples, just all over the rest of the body. And it was incredibly sensual and magical experience. And we didn't really have to talk about it. We would just tune into the energy and go with it. I mostly explored that stuff with her for the next 15 or 20 years or something. Was being with a dude anything for you or was it? did it just feel natural and like a progression at that point? Yeah, yeah, it just felt natural. Okay. No better or worse than with a woman, just different. Yeah. I probably prefer going down on a woman than a guy. It just feels more intense. I'm pretty relaxed about sex. Like the first time I had sex with another person, I didn't know what I was doing, but like I wasn't freaked out about not knowing. It's like, well, you know, let's just try it and see how it goes. Are you only relaxed about sex or would you say you're pretty relaxed in your whole life? I'm pretty relaxed in my whole life. You seem pretty, like, when as soon as I experienced your energy hopping on with you, I was like, oh, I have a lot to learn from this person. <laughs> I can feel myself calming down as I talk to you, and then there's still this, like, tiny little puppy Tasmanian devil inside of me that's like, come on, ask him all the questions, you know, so. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of guys learn to dampen their emotions down. Mm-hmm. When they're young, I certainly remember that. I remember the day when I thought, fuck this, I can't deal with all this emotional upheaval in my life. Okay. I'm just not going to react to it anymore. And I just stopped doing that for years until I started doing magic again. Mm. And to do magic, you have to open up to all the messy, uncomfortable sensations. And I did that. I managed to do that. I don't know how. I got lucky, you know. And I suspect probably being sexually open probably happened with that i think being sexually open and letting that energy flow i think that releases you from a lot of the bullshit that we're programmed with that has absolutely been my experience for sure i think that helped me and that yeah so then i started opening up to it and just makes everything so much easier like it can be a bit of a roller coaster ride but it's also way more ecstatic but i also kept some of that you know relaxed don't overreact things. I, I feel like I've got a good mixture of both. I can just let go and, and go nuts with energy and sexual energy and stuff like that. But I can also be pretty chill and not let things get on top of me. So when you started exploring in your adult life, like your adult sexual self, did you and your wife explore a lot of stuff together? Or what kind of led you to learning all the things that you know you love now? So, yeah, we were pretty vanilla when we started, but I had an interest in kink. The magazines I've read had a lot of kink in them. Ah, okay. And um, I particularly liked the femdom kink. Mm. So we did that a little bit. Mostly our sex life was vanilla in the early years, but I like to go for hours and hours with sex. And my wife can go about two hours and then she's had enough. Okay. used to find that quite frustrating. Mm. And I found that doing kink stuff, helped me get the level of charge and pleasure that I needed in a shorter time. So that was sort of a compromise between us. You know, we started exploring kink stuff, flogging and, and stuff like that. I made our first flogger. Ooh, out of what? Out of a tree branch and some leather that I, I don't know where I got it from. I got it from somewhere. Awesome. 
I cut into strips and wrapped it around this bit of branch and polished the branch and tied knots in the end and, you know, we started going for it and went from just general flogging and stuff to CBT and explored that and just did a lot of that. I haven't gotten to explore CBT with a partner yet. Can you tell us details of what you, like how you explored it or what you discovered that you loved or didn't love? Yeah, I can't remember how the explorations went now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> a lot of it was me probably hearing about something or reading about something and then explaining it to my wife and then she'd try it. Mm. She likes explicit instructions on how to do things till she knows how to do it. Mm-hmm. So I kind of learned to give instructions and do that, which was a bit of a head fuck because, you know, yeah. I wanted to be in this subspace and I'm giving instructions at the same time. But we made it work okay. for a long time. I like to start slow and gently, you know, a bit of pleasure and, you know, teasing and, and stuff like that and then gradually get more intense with, you know, fingernails. I quite like fingernails being dragged across the head grabbing the scrape and bub the balls so it sort of pulls the balls into a package and run fingernails over that feels really good yeah and starting out soft and then gradually increasing the pressure till it becomes painful slapping punching the balls how hard pretty hard cool i really like it when a partner uses both hands just to punch sort of like a speed ball you know like oh cool like that really fast when that happens, I reach a point where I almost can't take any more. Uh-huh. And then I tip over into this space and I just start laughing uncontrollably. Yeah. Most of the time when that happens, you know, I can take that longer than her arms can hold out. So I started making toys because my wife's hands would get tired before I got sick of it. So, you know, I made things like paddles and floggers and all that sort of stuff so that she could go longer and harder without tiring herself out. You've got a Wartenberg wheel. I, I love the feel of that going over the head of my dick. Wow. That just drives me fucking insane. It's one of the most unbearable and yet pleasurable sensations. Totally. So, yeah, that'll have me screaming in no time. Yeah. Uh, I've got a thing with play partners. Any noise I make is a green except yellow and red. Mm-hmm. If I don't say yellow or red, then it's green. Keep going. Beautiful. Yeah, what else? I, I like e-stem play, electro-stimulation. Haven't done much play with violet wands, but TENS machines I like. When I was playing with my wife, again, she would get tired way before I would. So so yeah. one of the things we used to do, she would do CBT for about an hour and then go and have a rest, and I would play with myself while she had a rest. I started using TENS machine because that's... I found that's a great way to administer sensation. I don't know what it is. What's a TENS machine? I can show you. <gasps> so a little box like that with a battery in it. Oh. And it's got dials at the top. Okay. Can you see that flashing? Yeah. And you get electric leads that plug in. And you can have like sticky electro pads that stick to the body or, you know, clamps that go on the genitals. Wow. Um, nipple clamps. You've got to be careful with that. You don't want to pass current across the chest yeah that's not safe yeah yeah i made a dual pinwheel oh cool you made that made the handle and connected the wire to it that's so cool that's fucking crazy intense i can only take that for about a couple of seconds at a time say that must feel like an electric knife what does it feel like can you describe the sensation lovers we are going to take a quick pause for a word from our sponsor 
and they have given me notes to do a sultry female voice, so I'm very excited and I'm going to do my best. Did you know the Flora app is a safe place to open up, embrace your desires, and find like-minded people? This is the story of one couple who found the threesome of their dreams, discovered a new level of shared passion, and stepped into a whole other realm of possibilities, all thanks to Floor. As life's routines settled in, Robert and Lucy found themselves yearning to explore uncharted territories, so they downloaded Floor and embarked upon a thrilling journey of sensual experimentation, learning more about each other's desires in the process. Open-minded and adventurous, Robert and Lucy dreamt of adding a new dimension to their intimacy, sharing the touch of another woman, being witnessed and connecting in a way that transcends the ordinary. In Fleur's diverse and accepting community, Lucy connected with Emily, a babe craving the same experiences. So they invited Robert to the conversation. The chemistry built and anticipation heightened as they exchanged messages until finally their agreed-upon date night arrived. A gorgeous hotel was the setting for their evening of pleasure, passion, and connection. A shared exploration that fulfilled each party's desires. Floor App celebrates the beauty of open-minded connections. It's a platform where fantasies come to life and desires are embraced without judgment. For couples seeking adventure with others or individuals keen on exploring, Floor invites us all to a world where every desire is a possibility waiting to unfold. Download Floor now, express your desires freely, and find like-minded people today. Have you used the Wartenberg wheel? Yeah, I actually just recently used the Wartenberg wheel with a violet wand, and I just want to hear you see <laughs> So, like, I had my first, I don't know, dose of it, but I was also so excited because I was at a party, and so I wasn't, you know, so, like, the sensation was there, but it was also, I just remember it being intense and, like, looking at a lot of people, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, vibrating everywhere. But I can't imagine two of them because then you have both. Yeah, fun, the funny thing with Wartenberg wheels, like I bought one that had five wheels on it, not an electrical one. Yeah. And it was way less intense than the single wheel. Yeah, without electricity, but with electricity. Also, the wheels you showed me are a little bit apart. Yeah, yeah. So it's like a Wartenberg wheel, but maybe 10 or 20 times yeah. as much. <laughs> Where on your body have you used that? I've only just made that, so I haven't used it much. I just touched it to me dick like once. It's like, wow. <laughs> yeah. There's a game I want to play with that I haven't got around to doing yet. I did it with a former lover, but with just an ordinary Wartenberg wheel. Yeah. That TENS machines, you can also hook them up to, to butt plugs uh-huh. if they've got you know, the conductive part on them. Yeah. I've got an East End butt plug that I made. So, yeah, this lover put the butt plug in me and the game was that I wasn't allowed to move and she started playing with the dial and just taking it up gently and I'm in bliss, you know, oh, yeah. wow. And then she would give it a fast turn, you know. Yeah. Oh, punishment time. And then she would use the Wartenberg wheel on, on the head of my dick. Wow. So I'd like to try that with the electric pinwheel. I reckon that would be a complete mindfuck. Totally. Are there other things you haven't tried yet that you want to try? I'm a bit intrigued by sounds, urethral sounds. Ooh, yeah. But I'm also a bit freaked out by them. It needs to be super sterile or the risk of UTIs is really high. Yeah. But also my wife's a nurse so, or was a nurse before she retired. So, you know, if anyone knows how to do it. Oh, I wonder if there are any nurses out there who like, tried sounding after putting in a bunch of catheters i'm curious anyone out there let me know i'm pretty sure i've seen someone on 
FetLife saying that they're a nurse who does sounding. Yeah. Amazing. Also, such a fun, like, medical role play opportunity. Yeah, that's the only sensation that I can think of that interests me that I haven't tried Mm. off the top of my head. I'd like to do more, maybe, like, play with more than one top at a time. Ooh. I get a chance to do that. My wife and I get a sex party. We were going for a couple of years before COVID hit. It's a monthly party. You have to do a six-hour workshop on consent and negotiation before you go. Beautiful. And then after you go to your first party, you have to do a debriefing workshop the next day. That's my dream. It's an awesome setup. So after you do the debrief once, you don't have to do it again. But if you want to come back to more parties... You have to do it at least once. Yeah. So it's a really great environment. Yeah, it's got great communication, great consent. They also run heaps of workshops and stuff. They're a great resource. Awesome. So we go to this sex party. That's where I met my current lover. Nice. And I did a double topping scene with her and a friend of hers, wanted to, wanted to try CBT. Uh-huh. So the two of them topped me at this party. Cool. Oh, it was fucking wild. I was screaming my head off. It was so fucking intense. What do you remember about it? Screaming. <laughs> I was sitting on a bench that I made specifically for play at the parties. It's a fold-up bench. And I was sitting on that with my legs apart and my arms restrained. Yeah, one time I jerked so violently I nearly dislocated my shoulder. And, and I also nearly pulled a muscle in my side. Mm. I was really react- having strong reactions. It was it was super intense. Wow. And I remember when I nearly pulled the muscle in my side, I didn't quite, but I nearly did. When I did that, I opened my eyes, and there was just this line of people behind the two tops watching, and I'm like, what wow. the fuck? Then I just went back into it. Yeah. When they finished that, then my lover got the strap on out and bent me over the bench and fucked me. Well, she did some finger play first, you know, used her hand with a glove on that first to get started and then fucked me with the strap on. And as soon as she put it in, I started having orgasms. That's so cool. So, yeah, I'd like to do more of that. I've also got a fantasy of being like gang banged and top, you know, with CBT and impact play, you know, by maybe five or six people. Yeah. I was working towards making that happen before COVID hit. Messed up a lot of plans, that. Totally. So many sexy plans ruined. Luckily, I was able to see my lover throughout lockdown. Beautiful. So we had lots of really fun times then. I was her bubble buddy, so I was pretty much the only person she could see. So, yeah, I kept her amused. Beautiful. Do you have any turnoffs that are worth mentioning? Egotistical big heads really turn me off. Yeah. People who don't do consent well, that's a real turn-off. Mm-hmm. I find some male doms squip me a bit if I get the sense that they're not so much kinky as just pushy assholes. Yeah. People like that I don't like being around particularly. Likewise. But like male doms that are aware and, and not assholes when they're not playing and when it's not being negotiated, you know, those guys I like. That's my main turn-off. And pushy people in general, men or women. Yeah. You know, people who don't understand the concept of personal space and being invited in. You mentioned a couple times so far that there were instances, particularly early on, where you didn't come and you don't sound remotely bothered by that. 
Can you speak to that a little bit? Did you always have comfort and ease with that? No, I used to get quite upset when my wife and I played. If something happened that ruined the mood at the end of the play, like, you know, there's some things, physical things that can happen when you ejaculate and that'll spoil the orgasm, mm-hmm. like stopping at that point. Or like one time I was playing and I had my balls in a vice. And I don't know, something happened, I moved from it, it was right as I was about to come and, and I got this unexpected pain that was really intense Ooh. and it fucked up the orgasm. And I used to get really cranky about stuff like that. Mm. I found it really hard to be reasonable about that. So, I, you know, I've learned not to be like that and partly that's with moving from a scarcity mindset around sex to an abundance yes. mindset. But I was also always cool with not coming if it was negotiated. Okay. Like I said, you know, I can have intense orgasmic experiences without my dick being involved at all or my prostate being involved at all. Mm -hmm. And I just like that. So there's lots of pleasure for me in sex, whether I come or not. These days when I have sex, I probably only have an ejaculatory orgasm about once a week, you know, sometimes longer. But when I get fucked up the ass or, or have my ass played with, like I have multiple orgasms. I just come over and over and over. That's so cool. Are you into things like sexting, nudes, or porn? Yep. My previous lover, I used to do a lot of sexting with them. Uh-huh. One time I was playing with myself and they texted me to ask what I was doing. That's one of the few times when I get a little buzz of shame is if someone asks me what I'm doing when I'm either having a wink or about to have one or have just had one, oh, okay. I, ha- I feel a bit of resistance. But then I push through that gate and tell them exactly what I've been doing in as much detail as feels appropriate. For the right. Time. I was going to say, uh, not everyone though, right? Okay. Because <laughs> that's where I get stuck sometimes. I'll tell everyone everything and be like, oops. I'm pretty private except with, with lovers or, or when consent's been negotiated. Uh-huh. So I don't talk about that to people who haven't given explicit consent. But, yeah, so this lover texted me while I was playing with myself and asked what I was doing. And I told her, and she's texted back, you know, what exactly are you doing? And I was playing with the TENS machine. And then she said, turn it up. Or she texted, turn it up. And we started doing that. She started giving me instructions by text. So also, so she told me to stroke myself to the point of orgasm and then stop and let her know. And then she would tell me to, you know, turn the TENS machine up, turn the intensity of the electricity up. You know, the delay between sending the text and getting the next one was really super hot. Amazing. Yeah, we did that for about an hour before she let me come. So that was pretty hot. So we did variations on that a couple of times. But that was about it. I don't do it so much with my current lover. We tend to talk more on the phone. And... Mm. Um, I've spoken to my wife about, you know, doing phone sex and stuff like that. So she's a bit less relaxed about that sort of thing than I am. So that's something we're going to practice and get into. I do enjoy phone sex. Do you have any other kinks that we haven't talked about that need to be mentioned or toys? I've got a lot of toys. I like toys. I also like bare hands. You know, so yeah. I'm versatile like that. Same, so same. I make a lot of my own toys. I really enjoy making it's fun so yeah like i said i made a bench it's like a kneeling bench but you can also stand and bend over it or sit on it so it can be used as a queening stool as well 
you know, floggers and paddles and bats and stuff like that I've made. I bought a kid's tree swing. It's like a round hoop with netting in it. And I hang that up. In, I've got exposed beams in my bedroom. So I drilled a couple of holes in that and hung the swing from it. Cool. It's fucking awesome. It's so good for everything. Like, it's great for just fucking. It's great for getting pegged on. It's great for CBT. It's great for cunnilingus. Amazing. And because it's suspended from one point, it spins. So you can sort of play with someone's genitals and then spin them around and kiss their face or play with their breasts. Amazing. That's fucking brilliant. One of the best investments I ever made. Oh, yeah, yeah. The other big investment I made was that during the first lockdown, I bought a fucking machine. How is it? Fucking amazing. (laughs) It's got about a six-inch stroke on it. So, which is the main reason I bought it because that was about the longest stroke I saw on a machine that was affordable uh-huh. to me. It was about 600 Australian dollars. Wow. But yeah, totally worth it. I've had great fun with that. I used to be a bit funny around having sex with myself. I used mm. to feel like it's something that I only did because no one wanted to fuck me. Mm. I do think a lot of men I've spoken with have that feeling, so I can't help but wonder if it's a bit in our social narrative. Oh, it definitely is. And I, I definitely used to feel like that before we really opened up our marriage and I started finding other lovers that, you know, were into the same things I was into and would have, you know, initiate it and started having more sex. So, you know, I started having, like, as much of and the kind of sex that I like having, you know. I like sex way more than my wife does. Yeah. She likes it, but, you know, she really likes quickies. Mm-hmm. Five minutes with an Atachi and she's happy. Wow. Whereas, like, I think two hours is a quickie. Me too. <laughs> the first lover I had when, you know, we became open, we, well, that wasn't really polyamorous. It was just a fuck buddy situation. So we, we got on really well, but there weren't particularly deep feelings. You know, she really liked CBT and Peggy. So much so that she's continued those activities in subsequent relationships. Yay, wonderful. So, yeah, starting to have as much sex as I wanted to. I realised I still wanted to play with myself. So that was a big switch in attitude. It's like, I'm not doing this because no one wants me. I'm doing it because I'm a dirty, perverted bastard and I enjoy it. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, I've had some great fun with the fucking machine. And I played with it with partners as well. So, yeah, one time I was using it on myself and my wife rang me to see what I was doing. I told her and I asked her if she wanted to come down and join me. So she came down while I was fucking myself and she laid next to me and we kissed and cuddled and she was stroking me while I was fucking myself. And that was fucking amazing. Yeah, that's really hot and sweet. It was a really great way. Like, she wasn't in the mood for full-on sex, but she was in the mood for a cuddle. So Yeah, and you like cuddling. I love cuddling. Yeah, tell us. I used to like cuddling, but also used to frustrate me a bit if it didn't end up in sex. Mm. Now that I'm having as much sex as I want, I really like it. I can just have a cuddle session, you know, for a couple of hours or more. And it just feels really good. I often do that with my wife, you know. If we haven't connected for a while and we want to, but we're both not in the mood for sex, we'll just cuddle together. Beautiful. I find that super satisfying. It's like, I can feel the tension in me releasing just talking about it and it opens my heart so I can feel that like heart opening and you know being 
open and embracing and welcome and it's really cool. Well, I often find, you know, sometimes, you know, when we're not feeling particularly sexy but we cuddle, mm-hmm. sometimes that'll start feeling sexy. Yeah. Everyone should cuddle. I also like cuddling friends as well, but, you know. Yes, me too. I actually cuddle a lot of my friends, and now I'm really good about explicitly checking in, but that's also the way that I, in my early 20, was when I was fumbling around. That's what, like, led to me fucking a lot of my friends, you know? And I still hold hands. Like, I'll hold hands with pretty much anyone who will hold hands with me. I just think it's so sweet. I love to be connected to a person, and I love that touch. Are there any other group sex experiences that we need to hear about? So the first time I went to one of the sex parties, when I went with my wife, we were very conservative. We didn't do much except watch and kiss a bit ourselves, but didn't really get into it. We tried doing CBT a couple of times that didn't work. We were both too anxious about it or, or we tried it one time and the room we are in was too noisy. So we just watched for a long time. But one time, a friend of mine, we were kind of like lovers, but ritual lovers. We'd only ever connected inside circle. Cool. It gotten very intense, but not really genitally sexual, just mm-hmm. this intense. It was cuddling and stroking and eye gazing and that. Yeah. And we connected like that. And she goes to the party as well, or she does sometimes, so... We're both going to the same party and we arranged to, you know, get together and connect at the party. So we did that and there was an orgy going on on the mattresses around us. Mm-hmm. That was the first time I'd really been in that situation where I was in the middle, even though we were only playing just the two of us. Yeah. The first time I'd been in the middle of that sexual activity, there was a guy lying behind me. His back was to my back. His ass kept hitting me in my ass while he was fucking. Uh-huh. And I remember thinking, this is an unusual situation, (laughs) and I'm enjoying it. Okay, I was like, was it funny or was it delicious? I think I would like that. I, like, want to try it now. The parties I go to, they got a social group, an online social group, Mm -hmm. and before the parties, people will announce if they're doing open scenes and if they want participants to join in. So after I'd been going there, like, I think 18 months or something, I decided to do my first share a scene. And what I chose to do was offer what I call positive objectification. My idea was that I'd approach people and ask them if they wanted me to do it. And then I would tell them what I enjoyed about their physical appearance. I love that. It was awesome. I didn't actually get to ask anyone. Everyone came to me. Great. I think I did about four or five people. Like It was super intense. That's I'm pretty introverted, so talking to people I don't know can deplete my energy. Mm-hmm. So I did about four or five people and I was wiped out at the end of it. But wow. It was so much fun to tell people, you know, to be able to look at them and just drink in their beauty and give that, feed that back to them, yeah. you know, tell that back to them. So, yeah, it was a pretty moving experience. And that's how I actually met my current lover. That is such a cute, meet cute story. <laughs> you met her giving her amazing compliments? Yeah, well, that's how we connected. We'd actually sort of met a bit beforehand. One of the other things they sometimes do is random pairing. So they'll pair random people up. Fun. That want to do it, that volunteer to do it. And they've got a list of activities that you can choose from to do together. We met doing that and chose eye gazing. But we were both busy right at that point. So we said we'll catch up later in the party. And we never did and didn't catch up at subsequent parties. And then we were at a social picnic for the thing. And she was interested in foot fetish. Well, she had... Someone who was interested in her that was into it. Mm. And she didn't know much about it. And someone told her I could 
tell her about. I don't know why I know nothing about foot fetish. <laughs> okay. Not that that's ever stopped me talking about any of them. Totally, totally. They were just like, they're kinky, go, to, go ask them. So we talked about that and then parted. And then we did this positive objectification and she's like, yeah, we never did do that eye gazing. I'm a bit embarrassed about that. Like, nah, it's cool, you know. We both didn't follow up on it. Yeah. So we agreed to do it at the next party and we did that and it was just mind-blowing and just went on from there, you know. We we met up, you know, the next week and we had sex for 12 hours. Sex, cuddling, snoozing, oh, yeah, waking yeah. up. The whole thing. I consider that a session. That's It's all part of it. Exactly, yeah. yeah. It's like breathing. Like you don't just count the in and the out and say I'm not breathing when I'm pausing at either side. It's like the whole, it's just breathing. <laughs> it's just sex. <laughs> okay, what? other pieces do we need to know about your sexual self to have kind of a complete overview i stopped having piv sex for a long time Mm. i had erectile difficulties Mm -hmm. and i still have i need medication to deal with that but i'm not particularly dick focused anyway so you know when that wasn't part of the equation it didn't particularly bother me if a partner wants penetration i'm happy to use fingers or toys or or whatever but yeah my wife's not particularly into fingers or toys either so you know we didn't do that for a long time my current partner is very much into it though so started doing it again that's when i started taking the medication okay or i'll use toys or fingers and yeah i've got much more vanilla with her than i was before but it's still good for me it's the time and the attention and the focus and being about enjoying the pleasure rather than having an end goal in mind Absolutely. That's pretty much where I'm at. I still enjoy spirit sex, you know, like there's no way of knowing if they're an objective reality or a subjective reality, but it doesn't really matter because they feel super intense and they're very rewarding and, you know, they help keep me emotionally and spiritually balanced. So that's all that really matters, I think. I don't care much about objective reality. I think it's a random concept. It is, yeah. What are your hopes for your sexual self? going forward pretty much that keeps going how it is you know Mm. keep exploring so one of the things i'm a bit wary with kink stuff i've seen a lot of people that are way more extreme players than i am Mm -hmm. and some of them i've known for a long time and they started out much less extreme than i am and they've got more extreme over time i'm not really interested in doing anything that causes permanent damage or it's the ecstasy of the experience i want Mm -hmm. not just doing more and more stuff and you know like it's a thing with people that you know the first time you do something it's up there yeah and the second time it's not so much so i try and find ways of keeping the ecstasy level high without making the activity more intense that's a really important point to bring up because it is how our animal bodies our dopamine systems work like by switching it up it causes you to sort of like self-regulate so that you don't need to just get a higher and higher and higher level of that drug so that you're harming your physical body any other disasters or triumphs that we actually didn't get to like it all feels triumphant at the moment you know great sex great relationships you know lots of variety i'm really enjoying where i am and, and how it's going looking forward to keep doing that make more toys i love making stuff do you just make them for yourself or do you make them for other people i have sold stuff okay i gift a lot of stuff i have been thinking about you know maybe focusing more on making stuff to sell but i also make pagan 
tools as well. Cool. You know, ritual knives and wands and stuff like that. So I've sold more of them than the kink stuff, but I have sold a bit of the kink stuff. I've been thinking about getting more into that. I probably need to cut my hours working to do that. Right. That might happen anyway. I'm in the process of building a bed at the moment. I've drilled holes along the side rails so that there's attachment points all along the side. Amazing. So I'm looking forward to getting that finished. If you could go back in time and give younger you a piece of sex advice, what age or ages would you pick and what would you say? Well, I reckon between 13 and 16, 17 maybe. I would tell myself, look, it's good that you understand that no means no, but no reaction or a lukewarm reaction also means no. Mm. You know, you should honour that. Yeah. That would have been good to know. I wish everyone knew that. Yeah. Or check in. Or I wish also that we lived in a world where checking in was the norm. <laughs> Hopefully we're creating that. I think we are. Yeah, the community, the sex positive sex party community I'm part of is very into that. So, yeah, yeah there's a lot of that goes on now. It's like, is that a green? Oh, I love that. It's so easy to do that. You know, you're just doing something. Is that a green? It doesn't interrupt the flow. You know, it's an easy yes or no. Yeah, that's such a good way to ask it. Judgment free. Is that a green? That's so beautiful. What a way to empower people to share their truth and their experience. How sexy. Ugh, yum. Okay, do you have a sex question you want to ask me? Is there any sex toy that you'd like to try that you haven't? And if you're comfortable, how would you like to try it? Like, how would you like to use it? Okay, so you are asking a question that I'm in the process of researching because I'm right now making my list for, you know, my dream dungeon, my dream whatever I can fit into a trailer and take around the country. The first thing that comes to mind, it's not exactly a toy, it's furniture. Like, I really want to try fuck benches, spanking horses. Like, I want to try different stuff like that. Like, I've been in a cage. I know I like cages. I would love to be really properly strapped to something for torture. You know, I've been in a door frame once and that was very, very fun. I love the idea of being on something where I don't have to hold my body up. And that is probably at the top of my list. But there are also, you know, I went to a sex party recently and they had one of those like Sibians, like the expensive fuck machines. And I almost tried it, but I was in such an uncomfortable place with my former master and wasn't I was so close but I didn't do it and so that's so that's another that's like a one that got away I want to try more what is it called is it a what's the thing that kind of goes over your eyes and you look like a dog but it's like covering more of your face what is that called like a mask a mask okay okay more more sensory deprivation things masks like that I want to try everything I've really only tried dildos and vibrators and spiky wheels and some electro stuff and the like basic impact tools like flogger, writing crop, paddle, spoon. I mean, honestly, I just have a bucket list of right now everything that's not invasive, like doesn't do blood, doesn't do shit play, like all the sensation play I slowly but surely intend to explore. (laughs) Blood reminds me. I also played with someone who was into needle play. The first time we played, so we we negotiated, we met at a kink party, kink club. Mm -hmm and just discussed it first and got a feel for each other and then agreed to go there in a fortnight and do a session there. 
the first session was pretty light. She had me lying face down on a massage table. I can't remember if I was naked or just had my pants down. Uh-huh. And she started sticking needles in my butt cheeks. Uh-huh. There was one point where she made this arrangement that looked like a flower blossom. And every time she touched the middle one, I would laugh uncontrollably. It was insane. Oh, that's so funny. I don't know. It, mu- it must have just been hitting a nerve in the right way. Yeah. So, yeah, I was just cracking up laughing. I couldn't control it. And then after that, we started playing at her place and she pierced my nipples and did chest patterns. Did another one where she pierced the head of my cock with needles and whoa and put staples up my thighs and then connected them with with a bit of ribbon staples yeah medical staples okay was that so painful or was it were you just like in sensation land that was actually a little bit less sensation than the needles really yeah the needles in the head of my dick were pretty intense that sounds really intense do they bleed or does she, when people are experienced, does it not bleed because they know where to place things? They don't bleed when they go in. They bleed when they come out. Got it. And that turned her on and she wanted to play with that. I'm a bit squicky about blood. Okay. I can deal with it. I sometimes have to deal with it in my job. You know, people get hurt. Like there's always a minute where I feel like I'm going to faint mm. or something, but, but I didn't have to look at it. So yeah. I was lying face up on the table. So. I think I'm a little bit the opposite. I am not remotely bothered by needles or blood or pain. I just, for me, it's a safety thing. And I think even just listening to you talk, I'm like, well, if I was with someone who really liked it and they were safe and they knew what they were doing, I would absolutely be the experimentee. You know, (laughs) I don't think I would want to be in charge of needling anyone personally. I think that would be out of my realm. Oh, Hawthorne, thank you so much for being on the show. It was my absolute pleasure. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.